Hi, everyone. My story begins back in way long ago in 1980s. I'm that old, Ooh. people. <laughs> Don't I look great? Um, yeah. <laughs> and I um, started in the recruitment in industry with Kelly Corporation when they used to be Kelly Girls. Can't do that anymore, ladies <laughs> no. and gentlemen. And um, I had a great mentor, worked in that company for a long time, moved to the Boston Marketplace worked under another great mentor, Ronnie Mostyn, learned the business of insur of um, recruiting in the insurance industry and many other industries, and also moved out to Colorado with my husband about 25 years ago, started my own business after I was fired by one of those big multi-billion dollar recruiting firms, because you know what? They didn't want to understand who I was, what I needed, and my story. I just had a baby and I had been diagnosed with thyroid cancer and they wouldn't look at me. They wouldn't touch me. They wouldn't talk to me. I was like, I was like their kryptonite, you know, because oh. they were scared to death of having a real conversation with a real human being because we're supposed to be employers and employees. Right. Hmm. So what happens when you get fired, you start your own company. So yeah. <laughs> in 2003, I started my own company. I called talent trust. It has grown. It made Inc. 5000 twice because of my people, not because of me. We've had many other accolades. I'm a two-time author, and I'm, my name is Kathleen Quinn Bota, and I am an insurance dudette. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Pretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance dudes. Boom! Yeah! Yay. Did it! Did it. All right, Kathleen. Welcome to the show. Super excited to have you. Um, this is such a cool subject because, like, just like you said, it was your team that got you to where you are, right? Um, every time, every day. And it's so important. We see time and time again, the most successful insurance agency owners have amazing team, but they really put an importance on their team. So mm -hmm. this will be a fantastic conversation. I'm excited to talk about uh, why business leaders need to finally let go and not only allow remote work, but encourage it, which is a tough thing for us as agency owners that like, like to work side by side. It's, it's a hard transition for some of us. It is, you know, and it's been a hard transition. You know, we went through the pandemic, right? Everybody went through that sh yucky time. Ooh, right. I caught myself, guys. Uh, that <laughs> awful time. And we've all had to adjust. But some of us don't want to let go of the way we used to work. And I'm going to invite your listeners to let go. You have mm. to let go to the way we, we used to do everything. Because that's what the valuable asset your employees who serve your customers want. Mm -hmm. And you guys are lucky. All of you here are lucky because we have new data from employees across the country. We just did a survey and they want they want to work remotely. 50% mm -hmm. of them want to work remotely. And you know what? 30% of them, if their bosses ask them to come back to the office full time, will quit and find another opportunity. And yeah. they can, because you know what, gentlemen, there are 9.6 million open jobs and 6 million people to fulfill those jobs. Mm. So the employees 
who serve your customers are in the driver's seat and they're screaming from the mountaintops, let me have flexibility. Let me decide where I need to be, when I need to be there and what I need to do and trust me to get my work done. Mm. But you're not listening. It's so funny. We we just had another guest on speaking of the same thing. And we revisited that thought of like, when we went into 2020, it, well, well, what was supposed to be a two, two weeks, hey, we're going to be at home for two weeks, yeah. no big um, deal. turned into something and that obviously lasted a long time, but it changed behaviors and it's, and it's, it's to no fault of anyone. It's no. not to the fault of the, like the agency owner, or let's say business owners in general, feel a little like, well, we've always had in job or in, in office work, but it was because of this, but mm-hmm. that changed, right? Like that changed without them being able to make the decision. Same with, same with employees. They got used to working at home. So mm-hmm. it, it, and it's not their fault. So now we're in this spot of like, how do we navigate both those things and make it a win-win for everybody? I totally agree. And you know what? You make a great point. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. No. You know, we, you know, the gig's up. We don't have to get up every day and put on our monkey suits and drive 30 to 60 minutes away from our families and all this chaos. Think of the morning chaos and the afternoon chaos and all this wasted time. We're now, you know, we were catapulted into a virtual reality. Look at us. We're in, I'm in Colorado and you, somebody's in Arizona and you're in California. Like yeah. we can create great content remotely and virtually to serve the greater good. So yep. you can't, you can't go backwards. I think sometimes when, when people um, get used to the way they worked, it's easier, right? It's easier mm-hmm. to do things the way we always have. But I, I invite your listeners to embrace the new because they're going to win the best talent when they do that. The more creative they can be, the more, well, what if we did things differently? How could we embrace new technology? What would our customers think? Mm. They're going to get the best and brightest in the insurance you know, industry, and they're going to win, and they're going to yep. grow. Yep. Why, why do you think that... that- I guess maybe it's everybody is so resistant to change, right? Because that's what it is, right? We're having a resistance to change. Mm -hmm. Well, and also there's this, um, I mean, I've worked for a long time and the boss gets to tell you what to do, right? Not anymore. (laughs) We've moved into a more collaborative workforce that the employees want flexibility, number one. They want respect and they want to be trusted which in turn means they have to provide flexibility to their employer. They have to provide transparency and, you know, flex, they have to trust them too. If trust is earned. So there's this huge gap like between the reality of what everybody needs and the fight that's happening, the employer's point of view, and then this employee's point of view. And when you focus on the employee experience, all boats rise right? When the employee has a better experience, you, the boss, likely will have a better experience. When the employee has a better experience, your customers will have a better experience. When the employee has a better experience, 
their peers were also have a better experience. So we're focusing on, you know, for years, it's all been about the customer experience, right? We're focusing on the wrong thing. Not that the customer is not important. Trust me, I've got hundreds of customers. I love you if you're listening. But if my employees aren't thriving and happy, they're not going to serve you well. Mm. So when I focus internally, everything else goes better. So the resistance is this, hey, it's about the customer. It's about the gross margins, it's about the revenue. It's about the profitability. They're missing the point. Mm-hmm. If they trust their people and focus on the employee and their growth, their development, everything they're doing, everything will, it'll switch. But for years, decades, hundreds of years, I'm the boss. You follow me, follow the rules or get out. Yeah. I call that the Darth Vader leadership style. Yes. You can't, it just doesn't work anymore. Um, no, because people have choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's been such a theme in like my life lately. We've Craig and I've had this conversation, but I mean, even with my family and work, our team, our clients has been really this theme of just serving, serving mm-hmm. with no expectation necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to have expectation for production with our team, like making sure that they're doing stuff, but like really coming at it with like a heart of just like, Hey, how can we really make things better for our team? How can we really make things better for our clients? And I mean, I like to throw myself in there too. Like, how can I make things better? Like if I'm operating at hundred percent, our team's operating at hundred percent serving, and then we're trying to serve our clients at hundred percent. It's a recipe to, you know, for success. Like, how can you go wrong? You can't go wrong with that kind of equation. And, and, you know, you matter too. <laughs> you know, yeah. this isn't all just about the employees. We matter too. We're human beings. We, we, we have families. We have lives outside of, you know, your, our workplace, we have interests, you know, so it's, it's, the thing is, it's so simple. People get tied up in a pretzel about it because it's too simple. Why do we have to change our behavior, human being to human being when we cross the threshold at work? Right. I don't, I don't, you know, treat people terribly at the grocery store. I don't, you know, I'm not rude to people at church. You know, I'm not right. mean to people when I'm walking down the street. I generally smile and acknowledge a human being when I go out to a restaurant. You know, so why do the rules of engagement change just because we're in the workplace? Right. And we can get back to those basics. And I think if employees realize that our boss matters too. You know, he or she is a human being and they might have a bad day. It's okay. But we've got to talk about it. It's it's simple communication. You mm. know, you might be having a bad day. It's okay. You're a human. Yeah. We're not robots. You know, chat GBT is not going to replace us all. Right. I call bullshit on that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, it won't. But it's definitely an awesome tool. Uh, it is right. an awesome tool. It's yeah. an, it is, a, but it's a tool. That's the right yes. way to think about it. It's something to just like technology, like we're using right here. You mm-hmm. know, I, I love, you know, this tool StreamYard. I use it with a lot of other people. I use, use Zoom. But AI is just a tool to help us get better. It's not the solution. And I, I worry sometimes that people think it's the solution. There's no one solution right. you know, to anything. Right. But one of my uh, uh, business mentor of mine always used to do this. 
he'd, he'd ask people, you know, what's your number, who's your number one customer? Mm-hmm. And, and it's a trick question because your number one customer is your team. Absolutely. Right. That's who you have to serve. And then they're mm-hmm. going to serve everybody else if you can let go and not try to control everything. Right. So mm-hmm. there's so many pieces to that. Love it. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I'd love to dive into some tactical stuff. Like, uh, I mean, you know, with you, you've seen so many different businesses and, um, this is your, this is your expertise. So I'd love to know, like, like us as agency owners, like how can we avoid some of the, the big mistakes? Like what are, what are the big mistakes that you've seen, uh, business owners, uh, have and, and how can we avoid them and how can we thrive as a, a business owner? So some of the things I see, some kind of rookie mistakes, if you will, is you're hiring people versus selecting people. Mm. And there's a big difference, right? You know, some agencies might be small, intimate, four or five people. Some agencies might have thousands of people, you know, so size doesn't matter in this equation, but selection does matter greatly. You must make sure that the person you're selecting for your team is aligned with your values, attitudes, and beliefs. If they're not, they're going to fail and you are going to be mad. So why do it in the first place? But what's happening out there is there's a supply and demand issue. So we wait to, to bring somebody on board until we're in a crisis. And that crisis creates panic and that panics like, well, you're one of three that applied. You're good enough. I call right. it. I, I I call it the, you know, selecting the cream of the crap. <laughs> I'm and still. Why, why would you do that? Why would you expose you expose your customers to that? Why? That's not your brand. That's not what you <laughs> want to do. I mean, that doesn't say much about you if you're just like, well, you got a pulse. Breathe on the mirror and come on in. <laughs> so there's some, uh, on my website, talenttrust.com, we have some tools for people. We have selection questions. We have an interview guide if people are interested. And we can certainly follow up and send some tools to you too for your listeners. Wow. Um, to really understand what, it, what motivates the human being and what do they want to do? A lot of the work that you do is you do a lot of sales, right? You sell to people who want to buy benefits, you know, all kinds of insurance products, right? And then you have a team that serves those customers. And that is where the sticky factor happens, right? The sales Mm -hmm. process is one thing, but you want to retain those customers you brought on board. So the quality and caliber of the person interacting with your customers who your interactions what what renewal once a year and maybe some select questions right am i getting it right sure yeah that relationship has to be really quality if i only get to touch you once a year you have to really understand my business understand you know the humans that i am providing insurance for my business model my cost you've got to be intellectual sometimes i see people selecting people in customer service that are more administrative than don't understand business issues. It's kind of the reverse. If I'm going to stay with you for years, don't you want your customers to stay for 15, 20 years? Mm I want to have a relationship with you. I want to like you. I want you to be, I'm a business owner. They have to be an intellectually stimulating, you know, Mm -hmm. I have to be able to have a business conversation with them. 
So make sure when you're selecting those people who are retaining your clients, that they can have those business conversations with your clients, not just move paper around. Yeah, we like to we like to say or we like to look for people for the service team that are like pseudo salespeople, right? Yes. They're salespeople, but they don't want to make calls, right? Like they're okay talking to them and loving them up, and then maybe offering something, but they definitely aren't. They're like, I, I'm not taking leads. No, right? no. Yeah. And and those people are perfect because they they're, they're able to if there's a relationship, they're comfortable. And exactly, they're like sales engineers. Have you met a sales engineer? Mm-hmm. He or she's not the guy or gal who's like the bells and whistles or behind the curtain, but they know how the technology works mm-hmm. and they're credible. They're like, oh, no, no, you don't want to make that decision because right. that would cost you this. Here's what's going to happen here. They really have this credibility intellect about the business impact of what I'm going to buy. Mm. So pro- select- solve problems, right? I'm sorry. Exactly. I didn't mean to you off. No, no, they solve problems. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. They have to. If you get to touch me once a year, you better impress me with solving my problems. Right. Selections want a big one, I see. People just hire. <laughs> <laughs>